This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sta'inu bis sabri wa salati inna allaha ma'as sabirin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. My brothers and sisters, the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him explains to us who the bankrupt person is. And he says that it is a person who has a lot of good deeds, a lot of good deeds. But when they come on the day of judgment, it is found that they were backbiting about someone, they slandered someone, they wronged someone, they ate the wealth of someone, they did wrong to people. So Allah took those good deeds and actually gave them to the others, such that there were no more good deeds remaining. And thereafter, there were still some people who wanted justice. So Allah took the bad deeds of those people and put it on the shoulders of this particular person who had initially come with a lot of good deeds. Now that is the ultimate crisis. It is called al-muflis, the one who is truly bankrupt. It's not about money, it's about your deeds. So this is why Allah says when you do good deeds, make sure you protect them by not engaging in harming others and come with them on the day of judgment, we will multiply that for you tenfold. In the previous episode, we did go through this and I did say verse number 160 of Surah Al-An'am. But I've repeated this for a reason because the mercy of Allah dictates that when you do good, He multiplies it for you. But when you do bad, He comforts you by telling you, I'm not going to multiply the bad. I will count it against you, just one bad deed. Subhanallah. So Allah says, وَمَن جَاءَ بِالسَّيِّئَةِ فَلَا يُجَزَى إِلَّا مِثْلَهَا وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ As for a person who comes on the day of judgment with a bad deed, they will not be recompensed except equivalent to that which they did and they won't be wronged. So your good is multiplied, but your bad is not multiplied. Isn't that the mercy of Allah? Isn't it so comforting to know how merciful Allah is? In fact, I can tell you something even more comforting taught to us by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says, when a person intends to do a good deed, they already have a reward by the mere intention. If they were to follow up that good deed and do it, then the reward would be multiplied. If a person intends to do a bad deed, no sin is written against them yet. If a person intends to do a bad deed and then decides against it because they've realized it's prohibited and they would earn the wrath of Allah, then it is written as a good deed. They did a good deed. They stayed away from sin that they wanted to commit simply because Allah prohibited it. Amazing. So to intend and to plan a sin and thereafter not to execute it becomes an act of worship. It becomes a good deed. Subhanallah. Look at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then if a person does the bad deed, Allah instructs the angel to hold on, not to write it against them yet. 
for a period of time, for a part of the day or a part of the night. Why? لَعَلَّهُ أَنْ يَتُوبَ Perhaps this person might seek forgiveness, so there's no need to write it yet. So we're given a time after committing a sin to repent. What kind of comfort is this? Imagine someone has committed a sin, major or minor, and the angels are told, and this is a correct hadith, the Prophet ﷺ tells us, Allah tells the angels, hold on, don't write it yet, just hold on. And so subhanallah, amazingly, if that person seeks forgiveness immediately after the sin, then nothing is written against them. The sin is not written, it's gone, it's wiped out. In fact, there is a good deed known as repentance that's written for them, subhanallah. So my brothers and sisters, the guilt or the regret that a believer feels immediately after committing a sin is actually the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the comfort being given to you to say, listen, what did you achieve by this? Did you gain anything? Nothing. Seek our forgiveness. If you were to immediately say, oh Allah, forgive me. Allah says, you know what? The angels haven't yet written it. You're fortunate. Subhanallah. Then if a person does not repent and the time stipulated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala passes, then one sin is written next to their name. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us forgiveness. Look at the mercy of Allah. On top of that, if later on a person seeks forgiveness, then the sin that was written against them is still wiped out. In fact, if it is a minor sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Indeed, your good deeds will automatically wipe out your minor sins without you seeking specific forgiveness. For minor sins, Allah says, when you've done a lot of good deeds, we automatically wipe out your bad deeds. Remember, Allah will set a scale on the day of judgment. He weighs your deeds. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to have had more good deeds than bad deeds. If you have more good deeds than bad deeds, you have succeeded. But if you have more bad deeds than good deeds, then you have none to blame besides yourself. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us so beautifully that you seek forgiveness, I will forgive you. If you haven't sought forgiveness and it's a minor sin and you continue to do good deeds, I will automatically wipe out those minor sins. But if it is a major sin and a major sin is that sin wherein Allah has stipulated a punishment for it in this world and the next and Allah has spoken about how severe it is, that becomes a major sin. Those who engage in major sin would require a specific repentance in order to be forgiven. So you can't just say, Oh Allah, forgive all my sins that I've committed, knowing that you committed major sins. You've got to say, Oh Allah, I did this on that day. I'm confessing to you alone. I regret it. I admit my sin. I ask you to forgive me and I promise you I'm not going to do it again. The minute all those four conditions are met, immediately, the first time you asked Allah's forgiveness for that sin, you were forgiven. You are taught to repeat the act of uh, repentance again and again 
in order to elevate your status and to become closer to Allah, not because you're doubting the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in that verse, number 160 of Surah Al-An'am, وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ They will never be oppressed. Trust me, my brothers and sisters, the comfort Allah gives us is such that He's looking for any excuse to show you His mercy. He's looking for any excuse to forgive, to wipe out, to actually help you forth into Jannatul Firdaus, into paradise. May Allah grant us that paradise. So my brothers and sisters, remember, when you have done something wrong, seek the forgiveness of Allah and move on. Don't let shaitan make you believe even for a moment that you do not stand a chance in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers and sisters, we move on to the next surah, which is Surah Al-A'raf. And I do know that we're taking our time in these verses because we must derive these gems that will give us comfort in times of crisis. Allah addresses us in Surah Al-A'raf several times by using the term, Ya Bani Adama, O children of Adam. Amazing. It is an honor to be called after the first of our species. And Allah saying, you are children of Adam. I want to give you advice. O children of Adam, listen to this. Now we're listening. So let's go through some of these where Allah says, O children of Adam, what exactly is he talking about? The first thing he mentions in verse number 26 of Surah Al-A'raf, he says, يَا بَنِي آدَمَ قَدْ أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمْ لِبَاسًا يُوَارِي سَوْآتِكُمْ وَرِيشًا O children of Adam, I have sent down to you clothing that will cover your private parts and adornment. And Allah says, وَلِبَاسُ التَّقْوَى ذَلِكَ خَيْرٍ Remember, the clothing of piety is the best. So Allah is telling us, I've sent you clothing to cover yourselves, giving you the main aim of clothes. Some people nowadays clothe in order to reveal. That's a sign of the hour. The prediction of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he says, people will cover to be uncovered. People will cover to show. Whereas primarily, we are supposed to cover to cover. Subhanallah. So remember that. Allah is telling you, O children of Adam, I have sent you clothing to cover. To cover, that's the main aim, to cover your private parts. And Allah is saying, as adornment. Now, when he speaks of that adornment, he quickly tells you, remember to clothe yourselves with the clothing of piety, of modesty. That modest wear and that clothing of piety is what Allah will be pleased with. So Allah is telling you, libasu taqwa dhalika khair. You want to achieve comfort? Make sure you're dressed in the most appropriate way. Don't, don't be from among those who really wants to reveal the beauty that Allah has concealed within your private parts and you want to show it off. Allah says, don't do that. You'll plunge yourself into crisis. The best from amongst you. Here Allah says, libasu taqwa dhalika khair. What is better for you is the clothing of piety. To wear the clothing of piety would mean to cover according to what Allah's told you to do. And also to adorn yourself with piety means it's not all about your clothing alone, but it is about your character, your conduct, the do's and don'ts, the way you carry yourself as a human being. All of that is included in the term libasu taqwa, the clothing of piety. 
You cannot be covered from head to toe and still do that which is immoral. And you cannot be a person who is not bothered about how they address others or how they carry themselves and simply say, I've grown my beard, I've perhaps just covered my private parts. It's not good enough. But what Allah wants you to do holistically, ensure that your dressing is also appropriate and it's that of piety and your attitude, your character, your relationship with Allah and the rest of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also that of piety. Then you will be able to achieve that comfort even in times of crisis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad. يا ايها الذين امنوا استعينوا بالصبر والصلاه ان الله مع الصابرين